Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the subconscious mind. What is the subconscious mind? How does it operate and how does it serve you? And how can you gain access to it? How can you begin programming it without utilizing hypnosis if you're not into hypnosis? Now, mentioning hypnosis, I wanted to make you aware that I currently have a couple spots open for a customized, personalized hypnotic audio. And how that works is you set up an appointment, you register, and I interview you. I find out what you want to achieve. I find out some of your background, some of your history. And then I take all that information and I create a customized hypnotic audio that's specifically for you, specifically for your needs and wants and your agenda. Now, these customized hypnotic audios are not always available because they take a certain amount of my time, a certain amount of my bandwidth in order to create. But I do have a couple spots open right now for those of you that are interested. And that again, that's part of my celebration of the one-year anniversary of the Aligned Self. And I actually love doing these, even though they are a bit more labor-intensive for me, take up a bit more time. But I've been studying hypnosis, investigating hypnosis, ever since I was 13 years old. So creating these hypnotic audios is a real joy for me. Plus, I get to talk to you directly, one-on-one, and I enjoy that. I enjoy getting to know different people. So if you want to learn more about the hypnotic audio, go to yesdaniel.com backslash hypno, or you can find a link on yesdaniel.com. Again, the link is going to be in the show notes. If you don't want to make the full investment for a customized hypnotic audio, I do have available my activation hypnotic audio that I created on 2-22-22. That's February 22nd, 2022. So I recorded it on that date, taking advantage of the energetic portal that was open on that date and has been open since. And again, the link for that one is also on my page, yesdaniel.com. So today I want to talk about the subconscious mind, because I think a lot of people have a misrepresentation in their mind about what the subconscious mind is and how it operates for you. I know I did when I first began studying hypnosis. In my mind, the subconscious mind, and actually they taught me this in the material that I read, is that the the subconscious mind is like the basement of your mind, the subterranean layer, the caves where the the dragons live, those shadow aspects of your personality. And because of that description, a lot of people have a bit of fear about their subconscious. There's actually a belief that your subconscious is working contrary to what your intentions are, what you want for your life. You know, you got another program there that's kind of getting in your way. While that may be true in some respects, it's not absolutely true. And I'm going to get more into that, the, the, the exact nature of your subconscious and what it is committed to and what it is up to. You see, after 40 years of investigation and play and experimentation, a lot of it on myself, 
but I've also worked with thousands of people in accessing the deeper reaches of your subconscious and creating it as an ally for you. You know, I think I'll just say it now. I was going to bring it up a little bit later, but I'm going to make the statement now and I'll reserve the right to revisit it in a little bit. And that is the nature of your other than conscious mind is that it's benevolent. It is always concerned and operating for your betterment. Your subconscious mind is intimately concerned with your well-being, your sanity, and that it wants you to succeed. It absolutely wants you to succeed. But first and foremost, its primary concern is preservation, survival. And so if you create an intention that it perceives as being contrary to your survival, that it could involve some pain, some disappointment, it will intercede and get in the way of your intention and will present what some people call a sabotaging behavior. Because again, it's interested in survival. It's interested in your survival. And that's one reason why alignment is so important. Like when you have an intention, you need to check in with all parts of you to make sure all parts of you are on board and in alignment to the, its achievement and fulfillment. Now, in psychology, there's typically the reference to your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, as if they are two different uh, compartments. But nothing could be further from the truth. You actually only have one mind, and you have a subconscious aspect and a conscious aspect. And in many conversations around the subconscious mind and conscious, it's, it's almost like a, a binary concept. You're either conscious or dealing with the conscious mind, or you're dealing with the subconscious mind. Well, I'm going to paint a picture here, which you probably won't hear from many of the people that call themselves hypnotists or talk about the subconscious mind, because uh, frankly, you only have one mind, you have aspects of that mind, and at any given moment, your subconscious is actively working with your conscious mind. In fact, what you're consciously aware of at any given moment is a gift or made possible by your subconscious mind. Put another way, they are cooperatively working together in concert, in harmony. The way I demonstrate this in my workshops is I typically ask for a volunteer, a person to play with me. And then I'll ask them to give me a word, any word. Just search your database and give me a word. And this is where their, their face goes a little vacant. They stare ahead like deer in a headlight kind of look. And I recognize that look as a person going into trance almost immediately. And then it's typically just a couple seconds and a word pops in their head and they utter it. And it might be horses. And then they relax thinking that, you know, the question's been answered. And then I'll ask, give me another word. And then they'll do the search again. And they'll come up with something like saddle. And then they relax again. And I say, one more, give me one more word. And they might come up with something like outdoors. And then I ask them, now, where did those words come from? Did they just pop in your head or were you prepared ahead of time? You know, when you left the house wondering, you know, if he asked me to come up with three words, I got them already picked out. And they say, typically, no, I didn't plan this ahead of time. They just popped in my head. And then I ask, where did they come from? And they respond, uh, my subconscious mind, I guess. Absolutely. 
And this little exercise demonstrates the roles between the conscious mind and your subconscious aspects. And that is your conscious mind is engaged in making a direction, creating an intention. And then you turn it over to your other than conscious mind to come up with an answer or the procedure or the solution. For instance, if I was to ask you to raise your right arm, chances are you wouldn't even have to think about it. You'd just raise your right arm. Although you could consciously intervene and not do it. You can make a conscious choice not to do it. But if I ask you nicely to raise your right arm, chances are you would comply. You would raise your right arm, but understand that you would not consciously have to figure out which neurons to fire, which muscles to contract. You would just simply raise your hand, raise your arm, because you've done that a hundred times. Your other than conscious mind knows exactly what to do. Now, in my descriptions here, you've probably heard me say subconscious and then other than conscious. Now, the term other than conscious comes from one of my teachers, Dr. Dave Dobson, uh, who's no longer on the planet, but he referred to it as OTC, other than conscious. And from his point of view, you know, you have the conscious mind and then you have subconscious processing. Now, what operates at the subconscious level is not necessarily unconscious, because sometimes we're very aware of what is going on subconsciously. But then there are other aspects that we are unconscious to or completely not knowing of. And so the way he began referring to it as is that you have conscious processing and then you have other than conscious processing, which is kind of a, a global term for those things that are outside your conscious awareness. And because of my history with the, my intuition and receiving psychic information, I also refer to the supermind or universal consciousness as part of the other than conscious. And so when I refer or connect with my other than conscious mind, I may be accessing local information, that information that is stored in my subconscious mind, part of my subconscious history and my subconscious uh, observations, or I just cross over the line and tap into the universal mind. It doesn't really matter to me if it's coming from my subconscious or the universal mind. Now, if you want a visual representation of this, you can visit my YouTube channel and look up uh, my model of consciousness. And I'll put a link in the show notes. It's rather short. I can't remember. It's like three, four, five minutes long. So it's pretty quick, but it gives you a visual re representation of your local consciousness, your expanded consciousness, and how you interact with, you know, fields of consciousness around you. Now, like I said earlier, you have the conscious aspect and the other than conscious aspect, and they're not two separate entities and not two separate compartments. But uh, visually, if you're visually oriented, you can think of it, it's not black or white. It's like a gradient. And on each end, you have, say, black for consciousness and white for other than conscious at the end of the spectrum. And then in between, you have varying shades of gray, moving from white to black. Lighter shades of gray on one side, moving to darker shades of gray as you get closer to perfect consciousness or pointed consciousness. Now let's talk about the physical structure of the brain for a moment. It has been identified that the frontal cortex, the part, you know, right behind your forehead, is where your conscious mind, your conscious decision-making lives, your executive function, where you can make choices and decisions or create intentions, you know, create a direction for the rest of you to move in. 
Now, while neurologists are fairly certain that, you know, the frontal cortex is your executive function, your conscious mind, they're, on, they're not sure where the subconscious lives. It's kind of like everywhere else. But then you'll hear some people refer to your body as your subconscious mind. And it's been my experience that is pretty close to being true. Now, for a moment, consider your body, how many cells are in your body. It's been estimated that there are about 100 trillion cells in your body. Now, I don't know if you have a reference for one trillion, just one trillion. If you were to stack a dollar bill or a euro uh, paper money, one on top of each other, it would reach 14 stories high. Now, that's not the total picture. Now, imagine that one stack of bills, 14 stories high, now covering an entire football field. Individual stacks of money, 14 stories high, covering an entire football field. That's one trillion, just to give you a visual reference. And in your body, you have 50 to 100 trillion cells, depending on how big you are. Now we get to consider your microbiome. These are the the good bacteria, the, the lining of your gut and the bacteria on your skin. And then there's parasites and other microscopic organisms that are all in your body, in your tissue, on your tissue, which work symbiotically with your other cells, with the cells of your body, meaning that they have a cooperative existence. In fact, if you didn't have the microbiome, you would die. Okay, so hopefully you have some kind of representation in your mind of the community that is you. Now, let's look at one individual cell. Each individual cell could be considered a sentient being, meaning that it thinks, it communicates, it eliminates, it takes in nutrition, and it reproduces. And it's been shown underneath the electron microscope that each individual cell has a bioelectric field, a field of energy, or in other words, it could be considered a field of consciousness. Now, collectively, when you put them all together, your body now exhibits or emanates a field of consciousness, an energetic signature. So you now should be able to understand that there is no real distinction between your mind and your body. It is just one mind, a field of consciousness. Now, the only place where it's useful to talk about your body being different from your mind is in conversation. And this is where we can talk about your body being an aspect of your mind or an extension of your mind. Now, looking at this from another point of view, if we were to look at your body, just the physicality of your body, you'd see the totality of, you know, what represents your body. But if we were to talk about your hand, it is an aspect of your body. It's an extension of your body. But it is not separate. It is intricately and intimately interconnected to the rest of your body through your neurons and vessels and all kinds of, you know, communication pathways. You are a complete system. Now, I don't know if you can yet have an appreciation of how absurd the idea is of you exerting conscious control, conscious domain over your environment. So let me give you another example that might be helpful. Your conscious mind can process about 40,000 bits of information every second. Your other than conscious mind can process about 400 million bits of information every second. So just from a computational point of view, a data processing point of view, your conscious mind is the weak link in the chain here, the weak link in the system. 
And when you rely on conscious processing, typically it maxes out at about seven bits of information, plus or minus two. For example, if you were to take a telephone number, at least in the United States, the first three digits is the area code. The next three digits is your exchange. And then your last four digits signifies your personal phone number. But if you were to look at all the numbers at once, all 10 digits, it's actually hard to remember, hard to recall all 10 digits. But when you break them up, chunk them down into three, three, and four, they're a lot easier to recall. So breaking it down into smaller chunks, chunks of three and four, makes it a lot easier for your conscious mind to process or handle. And what happens if the conscious mind gets overloaded, like there's more information than it can process? What happens? Well, you go into trance, meaning that you shift the predominant responsibility to the other than conscious mind or the subconscious mind. And you probably have had experiences like that where perhaps you get confused or if the conversation's going faster than you can keep up with, you tend to space out, like you zone out, and that's you going into trance. Now, the information is still going into your other-than-conscious mind, and it will store it, it will process it, and integrate it with the other stored information that you have from prior learnings and experience. And stored in your other-than-conscious mind is a lifetime of experience, comparisons and contrasts, trivial information, and profound information. And it's been demonstrated that virtually every experience that you've ever had is stored in your body and your mind in some way, some fashion. And this is why in the absence of programming, in the absence of new learnings, you tend to default to your old programming, prior learnings in habitually learned responses. You see, it's all a learning process. You learn how to be a human being, how to function in the world, how to interact with the world. And your assessments of that interaction Create your self-concept, your self-identity. It's basically your relationship to reality, your relationship to getting things done, your capacity to do things. It all resides in your other-than-conscious mind. And then by default, your other-than-conscious mind is responsible for your autonomic processes, your, your heart rate, your pumping of your blood, cell division, digestion, breathing, hormone release, and the biochemistry of your body. Now, while it is possible for you to exert conscious control, conscious influence on these autonomic processes, by default, it is the realm of the other-than-conscious mind to take care of. The one autonomic process that most people can exert some conscious influence over is your breath. That's why focusing on your breath, meditating on your breath, slowing your breath down consciously puts you in an altered state. It gives you a greater access to your subconscious mind, your other-than-conscious process, because you're working cooperatively with that aspect of your being. Now, before we proceed, let me just kind of sum up where we are so far, kind of catch everyone up. You have one mind with different aspects of awareness, conscious awareness and other-than-conscious awareness. Your other-than-conscious mind has a greater capacity to process information than your conscious mind. The real only role or domain of your conscious mind is to point everything else, point the, the rest of you, the subconscious mind, other-than-conscious mind, in a direction, to set off on a goal, to create an intention, to ask a question. And then whatever you're consciously aware of at any given moment 
has been offered up is a gift from your other than conscious mind. Your other than conscious mind has brought it to your attention, brought it into your awareness. And this is why in like one of the earliest episodes, when I said that your intuition is always on, always talking to you, the universe is always interacting with you, but we're typically unaware of it. But when you get an impulse, when you get a little trigger from your other than conscious mind, a sensation in your body, or you suddenly notice something, like something seems a little off, or your attention is suddenly drawn to some aspect of your environment, this is where you get curious. This is where you start engaging your, your conscious mind. And you wonder, I wonder what that's about. I wonder what my intuition is trying to say or tell me about that. Which is you offering up another question to your other than conscious mind, which involves your intuitive guidance. And this is why you start getting responses, impulses, sensations based on the questions that you ask. It's a cooperative environment. It's a cooperative engagement. Now, I believe that our path as a human being is to move the other than conscious mind into conscious awareness. Those aspects of our other than conscious our subconscious and unconscious processing. Once we move into it and we open up and ask for awareness, you see, you get to ask for awareness. You ask your other than conscious mind, share more more awareness with me. I want to be more aware of such and such. And then your other than conscious mind sets out to answer your question. Now, I think I referred to this as your internal GPS in an earlier episode, way earlier, and I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. But in psychology and neurobiology, they refer to that as your reticular activation system or activating system. And essentially, that's your filter for your environment. Whatever you deem as important, whatever you've programmed as important to your other than conscious mind, that's what your other than conscious mind notices in your environment. Because frankly, for you to be consciously aware or consciously present to all the things, all the stimuli going on in your environment, it's overwhelming. So your other than conscious mind selectively picks those attributes, those characteristics that you've deemed important to you on some level. Sometimes other than consciously, we've deemed them important. This is why those individuals that have grown up in an abusive situation in home or maybe one of the adults wasn't quite consistent, was kind of erratic in their behavior, and you never knew what you were going to get, it keyed their other than conscious mind to pay attention to every little subtle cue. And that is why those individuals have a high degree of empathy. They can walk into a room, walk into a situation, and make an immediate threat assessment. Like they're checking out who's giving off the good vibes, who's giving off the bad vibes, who do I need to stay away from, why do I not like them? Like you're making all these assessments other than consciously. And then on the other hand, those of you that are 35 and under, maybe even 40 and under, you've been born into the world with a higher degree of sensitivity. A greater number of you have been born into the world with a greater sense of, a greater sensitivity to your environment. And so you're naturally empathetic and more sensitive to the energy that's being thrown about your environment. And this is why it's important to create boundaries for yourself because, frankly, your, your antenna are wide open. And so you need to be discriminating on what you allow in and what you keep out. Now, I want to backtrack just for a moment. When I said that it's your responsibility 
Now, I want to backtrack for a moment when I said I think that your, your evolution, your responsibility, your learning path here is to bring the unconscious into conscious awareness so you can actually choose it. Now, the problem with that is that most people have ignored communication from your other than conscious mind, ignored intuitive guidance because it didn't rationally fit. Your, your ego mind, your conscious mind could not assess the information. And so you ignored it. You overrode it. And so over time, you've kind of damaged the relationship with your other than conscious. There is a bit of uh, mutual distrust. Like your other than conscious mind doesn't necessarily trust your conscious decisions. And your conscious mind feels like your other than conscious is sabotaging your efforts. And this is why this is called the aligned self. To align all parts of you. Align your heart with your mind and your body. Essentially, aligning the different levels, different layers of consciousness that exist in you, that you call you. Now, in the very next episode, I'm going to talk more about trance, talking directly to your other than conscious mind, setting up the trance state and what that means for you. But in this episode, I wanted you to be left with an appreciation for your other than conscious mind and the knowing that it is working on your behalf. It is benevolent in nature. It wants the very best for you. It wants to be your friend. It wants to work for you in concert with your conscious mind. And when you can align your conscious mind with your other than conscious, you become very, very powerful. So as I close this episode, I want to remind you that I still have a couple spots for customized, personalized hypnotic audio that is designed to attend to the things, the issues that are specific to you. Go to yesdaniel.com for more information on that. And I also want to remind you about my YouTube channel where I have the the little video, The Model of Consciousness, which might explain more of this to you or at least give you a different representation of this conversation. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you pursue the epic adventure. (laughs) 